Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Maker Mom podcast. Um, This week I am running an interview that I did previously with Tiffany from Staying Inside the Gray. Um, So many people really enjoyed episode 9 where Tiffany and I spent some time talking about, uh, you know, how making can help us deal with uh, tough times, anxiety and depression and such. And so I thought I would run the original interview I did with Tiffany a few months back on her journey to becoming a maker. Um, So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed doing the interview with Tiffany. But before I let you get to that, just a quick reminder that you can join the officially join the Maker Mom tribe uh, by going and visiting my Patreon page. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash maker mom podcast uh, and there's three different tiers set up but patrons get access to patron only content currently up there is a spreadsheet a pricing uh, guide template since we talked about pricing last week with courtney So that's available for patrons. Also, patrons get access to uh, a heads up on who the future guests are going to be. And if they want to ask or have me ask any specific questions of those guests, they get the opportunity to list that out. Um, And also you get a little hand in suggesting people to be guests on the show. So um, and it's really just building a community for all of us maker moms to have a space to uh, talk with each other and get to know each other better as well. So again, if you want to check that out, that's uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. All right, with no further ado, I will let you get to listening to Tiffany with Staying Inside the Gray and learning about her journey to becoming a Maker Mom. I'm Tiffany, um, just turned 40 this year. I'm a mom. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for 12 years um, as a sworn police officer and a little bit longer um, as a civilian. Um, And I basically just use making to sort of balance off the chaos of life. And um, I find it extremely therapeutic. So uh, being a mom and a wife and, you know, historically working full time, that's sort of my uh, way of coping and releasing, um, and just balancing out that that um, that scale. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, how long have you been a maker, and how did you get started? I've always been a creative type. You know, as a kid, I was always making something, or you know, 
using my mom's old eyeshadow as paint or, you know, something <laughs> yeah. crazy, you know, yep. making making mask out of uh, paper mache because we had flour and water that I could, you know, mm-hmm. get into. Um, I've always been some in some way creating something. Um, but I think I lean on that creativity and that need for making in the tough times of my life. And I'd say even though I've always been a maker, creative person, whether it's sewing or stained glass, um, woodworking has only come about uh, since 2016 for me, so just a couple of years uh, after I experienced some trauma in my life, and I discovered that woodworking was the best medicine for me. Um, That's when I sort of picked up woodworking as a serious uh, hobby and... I've kind of been addicted to it since. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know that you don't sell anything, right? And um, as far as I know, you don't have a blog. Um, do you? So besides the therapy of it, I know that you tend to send your stuff out to help others, to kind of cheer others up. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's sort of been my my mode of operating. Um, I actually have an old blog that's uh, pretty old. (laughs) I I say old. I haven't worked on it in a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was more of just sort of like a journaling outlet for me. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I went through some infertility issues, and I went through some health issues. So that was kind of like my way of sharing that part of my life with other people who might be experiencing that. But there's no making um, in that blog. Um, And I basically, I make stuff, it's therapy for me, and it's it's building my skill set because I'm so new. Um, It allows me to try new things and not be afraid to uh, go outside of my comfort zone when the intention is to gift it to somebody. Um, you know, it, it sounds kind of backwards, but if, if I'm making something for you, specifically for you, and I screw it up a little bit or I learn a process the hard way, you're still going to be so appreciative and grateful for the intention behind it that you're going to look past all those imperfections, most likely. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and see sort of the, the meaning behind it and not so much the perfection um, or the the perfect skill or the perfect joint, you know. It's, right, yeah. It's been, it's been my way of being comfortable with going outside of my comfort zone and still sort of spreading that um, kindness, compassion, empathy, whatever you want to want to call it. Um, and it allows me to learn without the pressure of, I have to get this perfect because this person's paying for it. Right, um, yeah. And I know that's probably not sustainable, <laughs> but... <laughs> that's where I am right now and that's what's working for me so okay I'm just rolling with it yeah (laughs) um so you said 2016 is when you started with kind of the woodworking is that the first time you picked up a tool or did you have previous um experience with using tools um I use tools like around the house you know if Mm -hmm. uh I grew up in a single-parent family, and so we weren't in a position financially if the toilet broke, you know, we couldn't just call the plumber to get out there, uh, you know, 
that was my mom or me, like, mm-hmm. figuring it out and getting the wrench and, like, you know, replacing toilet components, you know, or whatever. Um, and so that was my model. And I had built a couple of things. I built a table to do my stained glass work on, but it was, you know, <laughs> firewood, essentially. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no, it was functional, purely yeah, functional. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was meant to be destroyed, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. meant to serve any other purpose than to, to work on and, and beat it up. Um, but I think making my first project um, in 2016 was the first time I, like, opened that part of my creativity. I mean, I, I remember going and buying, like, a $20 jigsaw and being like, I have no idea if this is a good jigsaw <laughs> or not. So yeah. Like, it's $20. I think I'm going to splurge and, and try this out, you know. Right. Um, so just being completely ignorant of what tools I was getting and and everything. I had a vision, and I wanted to make it, and um, I just did what I needed to to make that happen. And that's probably my very first piece that I actually built, like, from a plan with a, you know, with the, with the twist and directions. Um that piece is so sentimental to me because that was sort of my gateway into all the other things that I've learned and created since then. So, Yeah, I, I totally understand that. The first, like, real piece, you know, fine word working I did when I was at Palomar and you build a clock, like, I've had several people ask me if I would, you know, sell it um, because, you know, not tooting my own horn, but it is gorgeous. Um, I absolutely love it, and it's like, no, <laughs> no amount of money yeah. you could give me that I would sell that. A, like, I feel like, you know, I'm like, I put, like, blood, sweat, and tears into that thing, yeah. and it was, it's like another child, essentially, to me. Um, yeah. You know, just because it's like I learned so much on it, and I love how it turned out, and even though I can still, you know, point out every flaw that I made when making it, um, it's still a beautiful piece and it's still something, you know, like I get to point to with my kids when they're like, oh, where'd we get that from or want the story behind it and I can tell them I made it and, yes. you know, I love being able to do that. Yes, I I can tell you the same thing about my piece. There's extra holes in it, you yeah. know, like <laughs> I didn't, I remember calling a buddy. I never used a pocket hole jig. I was like, how the heck do I use, like, I don't understand. Can you please, you right. know, I had a phone. <laughs> phone a friend, and that's, like, the easiest joinery, you know, known to mankind, and I'm like, I don't understand, Um, (laughs) but I look at that piece, and, um, you know, it's a bench, and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, my son's first day of school, we took his picture on that bench, you know, like, I I have so many memories already, even just from a couple of years, of not only making it, and, like, the symbolism behind it, and the feelings, like you said, the blood, sweat, and tears in there, but it's something that my family's going to appreciate for years to come with its imperfections. Right. You know, yeah. and that that piece was, um, in a lot of ways, my way of peeling back the layer of something new and discovering a new part of me that I didn't know was even there. Mm-hmm. So that piece... <laughs> That piece is not going anywhere. Yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so is there any one tool that you found, like, intimidating uh, to work with the first time you picked it up? Yes. I was gifted a table saw. 
um, my husband bought me <laughs> for a birthday or Christmas or something. You know, I'm I'm I, I get involved in all this stuff. I want to learn all these things, and I think I need this, this, and this. And mm-hmm. so he bought me a table saw. I um, let it. I put it together. Super excited to have it. I've seen you know other people using it. Um, I let that thing sit there for like a good three, four months and never used it because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person where I'm not afraid. It doesn't intimidate me to use it once I understand, like, the safety measures and, you know, give me a gun, show me how to make it safe, and I'll be happy to use it. But until then, I'm like, that's going to sit there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I felt about the table saw. I actually purposely took a, a little workshop uh, in my area at a makerspace so that I could get hands-on experience. And uh, it was like an intro to power tools mm-hmm. workshop or something. But I specifically took that little workshop to learn about the table saw and become more comfortable with it. And even after that, for like months, I would work myself into, I need to rip this board. I'd set it all up. I'd get ready. I'd have, you know, my push stick and my... Um, you know, my father board, all this stuff. And I would turn it on and I'd be like, okay, I got this. <laughs> and then I would turn it off, right, right, like right before I was about <laughs> to start. I'm not joking. Like three or four times I would do this and then finally I would be like, okay, just do it already. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was, I was making myself more nervous by this whole little like making this scene instead of just doing it and it would have been done already, you know. Right, yep. So. And and I jokingly made fun of myself for that, um, for, you know, publicly on Instagram for months because I know other people feel that way, you know, mm-hmm. about certain things. And, you know, I don't want someone to be intimidated to the point that they don't try something because they're afraid and they think they're the only ones feeling that way. So me and my table saw, we had an interesting um, dynamic, but um, I recently read a, re um, refelt all that because I had to upgrade. Um, I broke my my little table saw and I had to upgrade. And now this is like a monster table table <laughs> saw. Probably not to anyone else, but to me it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a grown up table saw now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of had a little bit of a flashback to um, you know the first couple of times using my old one, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay. We're going to have to get, like, reacquainted and comfortable with each other again. So, um, yeah, the table saw has been uh, that tool for me. One of my friends actually calls it my adrenaline saw because (laughs) I would get so worked up to just make one cut. And then once I do it, I feel, you know, comfortable. But I have a healthy respect for it. And Mm -hmm. um, getting to that point was a little bit of an obstacle for me. I can laugh about it now, but... Um, I'll always have a healthy respect for it. So, And I think having a healthy respect is good. To me, that's how you <laughs> yeah. keep yourself safe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. I've seen so many, I don't know about you, but sometimes, like, I'll watch YouTube videos and, and I'll see, you know, somebody, in, and this is not meant to be bashing, but generally male, who walks up with something and and just does something kind of willy-nilly, and it always makes me yeah. cringe because I'm just yeah. like, 
you are going to get hurt someday. Maybe not today, but someday yeah. you're going to get hurt because you're not respecting the power of that tool. And and maybe it's a feeling of invincibility. Like I've never had that feeling. So there are definitely tools that I approach with, uh, you know, maybe maybe a bit more anxiously when I first start to use them. Cause, and I was the same way with like my first, I don't own a table saw now, but the, um, when I went to Palomar and they have their huge, you know, workshop there and they have several um, table saws, they happen to have some saw stuff saws and when they were walking through like the safety instructions like the first couple of classes uh, and I remember them talking about the saw stop and like you know what it does and what it's meant to do to keep you safe I didn't use I refused to use any other saw in the shop yeah just because I'm like nope if it's available that's what I'm using yeah um, even once I became comfortable just because I'm like you never know you know, the, you don't. You you never know. You think you have it all set up right, but all it takes is hitting one wrong pocket of grain for that board to come shooting back at you. So, um, I was yeah. glad to have that instruction with somebody there, and and the availability of equipment that you know is meant is made to be safe. Yeah, I experienced a kickback. Luckily, you know, it just nicked my my torso a little bit, um, but it was enough to scare me to the point where I'm like, I never, ever, ever, in, if I can help it with any of my power, ever want to feel that again. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I couldn't afford it right now, but definitely on my list, especially with a little guy who hopefully will want to be out in the shop mm -hmm. working with me, that's definitely one of my top priorities is to, to upgrade um, and get that because I, I feel the same way. You know, if you can wear a seatbelt, you know, yep. if you have the option, like, yep. wear it, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I completely understand where you're coming from on that and totally agree. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. Um, so how do you manage being, you know, an active mom and wife and maker all at the same time? That's a consistent practice and struggle for me. Um, it's something that um, for years I've been striving for trying to find the balance in life. Um, you know, when I was working, it was balancing work with, you know, home life. And mm -hmm. um, it's the same with the shop um, and working um, and woodworking. For me, I have to sort of let go a little bit of the mom guilt or the fear of missing something um, because I, you know, my son, <clears throat> excuse me, my son is my num number one priority and I had a tendency to put my needs aside like a, every mom does <laughs> to make sure his needs are met and, you know, make sure I'm there for him as much and as best as I can be. Um, but I think for me, I realized that I need that time to be the best mom that I can be for him. Um, and so um, practicing self-care and me getting into the shop is part of my self-care because that's my time. Um, so balancing is tough, but I tried to sort of re, re, um, reprioritize my way of thinking to understand that by getting an hour or two of shop time when I can, um, when he's around or, you know, um, I, I'm not missing something. I'm refueling my cup to 
be there for him when I'm when I am there. Um, and I'll be honest, I do a lot of bedtime hustling and a lot of nap time hustling. <laughs> and, um, you know, like yesterday, for example, I had 20 minutes and I, um, you know, ran to the shop and threw on a paint, a coat of paint on something I was working on and I had to run to an appointment. And so I'm frantically like trying to scrub the paint off my hands and, you know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> grabbing the snack for him on the way out, you know, and, and off to the next thing. And, it feels a lot of the times like I'm nonstop, go, go, go. But when I'm in the shop, that quiets all of that. And mm-hmm. so that is a priority for me. Um, I, I've i been known to say that woodworking is like breathing to me. So if I go a long time without having that space, it's it's choking my life. I don't know if that makes any sense. but Yeah, it I does. I get, I get grumpy. If I don't get yeah. any time in the shop for a while, it's like yeah. it's like it's like it's like being hangry for my soul. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally, absolutely. No. Um, I don't think I didn't ask. How old is your kiddo? He's two and a half. Okay, so he's definitely yeah. My daughter's just a little bit older than that, so I feel I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know where he might have gotten it, but he is a stubborn, sassy, hard-headed, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. little go-getter. So yeah. I can't fault him for those times where we disagree because uh, <laughs> I don't know where he might have gotten that from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. My oldest is, we butt heads quite frequently. Um, mm-hmm. We call him, he's spirited, quote-unquote. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and that comes with its, you know, good, and it comes with its not so good sometimes. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so what is uh, your favorite part about uh, making? I know you've kind of covered it a little bit, but is there any more you wanted to add about that? I think my favorite part is, seeing something in your mind or feeling something in your heart and figuring out the way to make it a reality where it's tangible and it represents that feeling or that thought. Um, And just, honestly, I love taking something, I say plain, but that makes it sound insignificant. Um, I I don't mean it that way, but, you know, taking a piece of paper and adding paint to it, you took mm-hmm. two things and you made one beautiful thing by combining them. Right. Um, and I, I love the idea of taking a piece of wood and transforming it into something else. Um, and I think that I think I love that so much because to me it's kind of symbolic of different times in my life, and um, you know, taking taking something and making it into something greater or more beautiful or um, you know, especially when it comes to scrap wood that's just kind of thrown by the wayside and then that becomes something beautiful for the world to see and appreciate. I just love that. I love taking it and making it into something that makes it more beautiful. You know, it already had that beauty inside of it, but you just add a little something or, um, you know, mold it into something else and then you have this whole new thing, fresh new beauty that's out into the world. So yeah. I think that's kind of my favorite part is seeing that process from coming, you know, the caterpillar to the butterfly, you know. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, the, proce- the 
the not just the finished product, but the process itself is, yeah. is good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh, I will tell you this. Having the experience that I had, my son was, for a long time, my life preserver. Um, you know, being in the job that I'm, I've been in for so long, um, I hate to say it, like, I don't mean it as a negative, but your attitude on the world changes. You see horrible things. You experience horrible things. You, um, the beauty of the world is there, but it's sort of muffled and out, um, it's not out, um, it's overshadowed by negativity and hurt and pain. And when I had my experience at work, um, my son was only, gosh, he was probably seven, eight months old. Okay. And coming home, um, coming home and seeing his view of the world, and I remember, this is going to sound so, like, I don't know, cheesy, but I remember him discovering a rock for the first time. And, you know, after my fight at work, I, I, I watch him discover this rock and I see how he thinks this is just the coolest freaking thing ever and you know he's he's looking at it and he's touching it and he's like so excited about this rock you know <laughs> to be honest I had probably walked past that rock on the front porch like 50,000 times and right. never even noticed it <laughs> right and here here he was like holding it like it was a treasure and I will say that my favorite thing about being a mom is watching my son discover the world from like and have his perspective on it you know to mm -hmm. see the things that he sees or to experience something new and just be like so amazed by like the smallest little thing like it's you know he just won the lottery because he right. found this rock you know <laughs> right yep and i think i think that helped me change my perspective from my experiences and just make me more aware that the world doesn't have to be this place, um, you know, the way I was living before the fight and, and mm -hmm. being wrapped up in law enforcement for so many years where that's all there was. He, he taught me about the beauty that's all around us every day that we sort of take for granted. And he doesn't know it, but, like, I needed that more than anything at that time. And... My favorite part is watching him learn something new and discover the things around him with just this awe and fascination. Like, it's not, it's just, it's going out of style. You know, it's just right. amazing. Yep. <laughs> um, that, is, that is the most beautiful thing, I think, because it's the perfect reminder of just be where you are right now, you mm -hmm. know, and appreciate what's around you. And he teaches me things so much, but I love watching him learn and discover the new things in life that he learns how to do and see and appreciate so absolutely I, I totally 100% get that um, mm -hmm. you know I haven't been uh, in, in the same work field as you but you know I just feel like sometimes it can be easy to get wrapped up in the bad out there yeah um, you know and I definitely agree that kids can help remind you of the good and you know see things in the way that they see things and to me there's like 
nothing better to cure a bad day than like my kids giggling like that's just the best thing in the world (laughs) yes that is I I completely agree and I totally understand what you mean we had a little laugh session yesterday for absolutely no reason we were just laughing (laughs) and he was laughing because I was laughing and I was laughing because he was laughing and then we're both laughing ridiculously and (laughs) and it just it has just he just has a way of bringing out all the good things in the world for me. Mm-hmm. As much as as much as to- toddler life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He, I love that about being a mom is you know rediscovering the world through his eyes. That's the best way to say it. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. So have you um, or do you feel like maybe you've faced any challenges uh, as a maker in you know? a predominantly male-dominated field? Um, I, I hate to say it like this, but from other makers that are male, not so much. Mm-hmm. Most of the challenges that I feel like I've faced have been from other females. Okay. Um, which is, it, and that's why I appreciate so much what you're doing with, you know, these interviews and um, your work because I think it's just um, amazing when other women, other women, well, when women lift other women up mm-hmm. and sort of give them strength instead of, um, you know, bringing them down or I don't know. I haven't yeah, absolutely. I haven't experienced anything negative. Um, from the male, from the male, but then I work, I worked in the male dominated field, like I sit there, you know what I right. mean? Right, yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of grown into that, um, and I think I've gained a lot of respect from, from the community just because I'm not afraid to try new things. I, I actually just had a conversation yesterday with a friend that um, I, I took for granted that other woodworkers at my like starting level weren't doing the things I was doing too. And so looking back when I think like I've been woodworking a month and I tried, you know, dowels, mm-hmm. you know. Right, <laughs> yeah. What what I thought everybody else was doing that too. So I think I've kind of um it, not that it's important in my life, but I've kind of gained the respect of males male woodworker because I'm just like I can do this too like this is no big deal you know mm-hmm. I, I have that attitude of watch me you know <laughs> like right yep and sometimes that gets me in trouble but um yeah I think most of the like the the negative feelings I've I've felt um from other makers or experiences I've had have been from females that are I don't know I don't know how else to say it because I don't want to I don't yeah, want to yeah. drag anybody down. No, know? no, no. Yep. So. All right. Um, what do you hope or what do you want your kiddo to learn from watching you, you know, be a maker and a mom all at the same time? Um, I think, I think for me, and this is true for like the way I've tried to live my life for anybody, um, is or for anybody to see I guess I should say is the the just being having the integrity you know hard work and diligence and resilience is all important but to me 
at the end of the day, if you don't have a sense of your own integrity, and I mean that, like, by being true to yourself um, as much as I mean, you know, being honest and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But, right. Um, I think I would hope that he sees me working hard, learning new things, challenging myself, failing, pushing through those failures and learning from them, and all while staying true to myself. I think especially with the social media in today's day and age, people get wrapped up in, I have to be X to get Y from Z, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't want to find myself in that trap of trying to be, you know, for example, a brand, you know, a brand sponsor. I don't want, if a brand likes me or sees potential in me, I want it to be for me, not because I fit a mold that they need me to fit or I need to change this for to represent that. Um, right. Yep. I've seen a lot of people over the last two years that are great friends that I've just seen change so much because they get wrapped up in that stuff. And that stuff to me at the end of the day is not a priority. I'm going to be myself and hopefully I can help someone or, you know, shine the light or however you want to say it in the process um, and grow from that. But I, I would hope that he sees me being true to myself and not sort of selling out and working hard and being resilient and failing and picking myself back up from those failures. Awesome. Awesome. So last question I have is, what would you say to another mom who maybe wants to start, you know, uh, woodworking or making or creating in any way, but is hesitant to get started? So um, I've heard people answer this question. They're like, you know, watch a bazillion YouTube videos. And <laughs> while I appreciate that YouTube exists on the planet and is there for me when I need to, you know, figure out how to program something or right. whatever, and I can go to it. I am not the type of person that I can sit and watch video after video. I have to actually do something. I have to actually feel it and practice it, and muscle memory needs to be at play. So to a mom or a maker um, just wanting to try, I would say think of it as play and just try it. You know, I can't tell you how many of my projects start with, I wonder if I did this, what would happen? And then I go and do it. Mm -hmm. And I see what happens. And then I have this, you know, result at the end that I'm proud of and that I was able to create. But I would say approach it with the mentality of curiosity and play. And forget about, like, perfection. Because mm -hmm. you can try all day. It's never going to be perfect. Nothing oh, is. no. Yeah. no. <laughs> so I would say I, I think that's the way that I've approached it is this is my playtime, and I'm curious about this. And then mm -hmm. just try it. See what happens. There will be failures, but you'll know the answer, you know? True. Very true. And I think, I think that takes the pressure off a little bit, too. You know, if mm -hmm. it's just play and you're just curious, there's no pressure to be or do or go a direction. It just is, you know? Yep. Awesome. So that, 
That would be, I would say that to myself like years ago too. Yeah. <laughs> Just try it. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. I would not want them to not try. That right. That would be like the biggest regret I think is just to keep hoping and then not not try. Right. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Well, awesome. Thank you, Tiff, for taking the time again to speak with me today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for offering to listen to me talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy talking with Tiff. Um, she has so much insight into her own reasons for making, and I think she is such an encouragement for others to get into making and, and finding ways um, to use making to heal themselves. So I think that's just excellent. I will include ways to find Tiffany um, on all the social media platforms within the show notes. And again, you can find those by going to www.makermompodcast.com. And currently it will reroute you to the Freeman Furnishings website. But once you're there, uh, right on the homepage, right in the top left corner, just hit podcast and you'll go straight to, uh, show notes, um, that will include for this episode and all the previous episodes as well. So go ahead and go check that out. And one last reminder, if you want to become more of an official member of the Maker Mom Tribe, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom podcast and check that out. All right. Until uh, next week's episode, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Thank you.